Hey, Best Bunch Babes, this is Beth here doing a solo episode and talking all about what's actually happening in the real estate market. Not what you're hearing on the news, but what's actually happening and info from real estate professionals all over the country. So let's dive in. You're listening to the Girl Get Your Face Off a Bus Bench podcast, where we invite you to check your ego at the app, grab a cup of coffee, and get ready to dive into all things real estate marketing, social media, friendship, hardship, love, money mindset, and all the things that celebrate you as a badass boss babe. We're here to encourage you, show up for you, give you a loving kick in the pants when you need it most, and be your soft place to land on the hardest of days. So pull up a seat at our table and get ready to be inspired and start living your best life by design. Welcome to the Girl Get Your Face Off a Bus Bench podcast. We are so excited you're here. Okay, girls, let's dive in. Hey, Bus Bunch Babes, I know if your business is anything like mine, or if you've seen been in the business for a while, you might be stressing out a little bit with all the changes that we've seen. We've been on a really good run in real estate for like the last 10 to 14 years. <laughs> it's been pretty crazy about how um, fabulous that the real estate market has been. And it's really been a super strong seller's market for a long time, but things have to change. Like what we've been seeing over the last, um, you know, especially like the last five years, it's not sustainable. Anyone, you, you don't even really have to be a financial wizard or an economist to know that what we've been seeing is just not sustainable on a long-term level. So what are the talking points that you need to know? So if you are a seller or a buyer listening to this episode, you're going to probably find a lot of this information useful. If you're a real estate agent listening to this episode, these are some really great talking points that you need to be sharing with your clients. You're going to get this question all the time. I know we're getting in this question. I am, my team is. The question is, what is the real estate market doing? And is now a good time to buy? Or, you know, what's your professional opinion on this? And what do you say? You know, if you haven't been in the business for a long time, you might be a little bit gun shy and like, I don't really know what to say. And then you say something, you're like, gosh, then you walk away going, man, that felt really stupid (laughs) to say that. You really need to have some strong talking points that are based in fact and show some, um, some authority, say you can got to say things with authority and not like end your sentence with a question mark in your voice. And then people are going to be like, Oh gosh, like she really doesn't know. She really doesn't have a clue as to what's going on. And she's just, she's just winging this. So you need to say things with authority. You need to actually do your research. You need a deep dive right now into like what's happening on a micro level in your market. And be armed with information because that's what people want. Data over drama. Giving people information helps calm them, helps put their mind at ease, and helps them get back into the track of, yeah, we are going to buy a home this year. Um, we were we were spooked for a hot second, but now that we've gotten some more information, it's still really a good time for us to buy or sell. So that's what we're going to talk about today. So let's let's dive into this, everybody. So let me tell you about like what's happening in Minnesota on 
a micro level, my micro level. So if you're here in the, in Minnesota, here's some talking points that you're going to want to have. And then we'll talk about just kind of general things that what's happening across the country. So what we're seeing in, um, in my MLS is that we're seeing um, that price growth has decelerated. So when people are telling you, I want, I'm going to wait until buy, wait and buy a house and see what happens when the market crashes. So we're not seeing anything that's declined. What we're seeing is a slight taking your foot off the gas. So it's decelerated, but nothing has declined by any means. Things are slowly shifting back to be a more balanced market. Um, currently in the in the metro area, we have about a month's worth of inventory, slightly over a month's worth of inventory, but in order, which still means it's a very strong seller's market. We have to get to like five to six months worth of inventory until we start seeing a balanced market. And then when we start getting over like seven months of inventory, then we would switch back to what's called a buyer's market. And that's what we had when the crash happened in 07, 08. We were like an insane high um, buyer's market we had like nine to 10 months worth of inventory. And right now we're sitting on about a month. So you can see like what a vast difference that is. We're, it's still really that um, strong story of like buy and um, high buy uh, buyer demand and low um, supply. So that supply demand thing is what's keeping the prices strong. Um, our un- unemployment rate, the unemployment rate across the whole entire country is low, but in Minnesota, we are at 1.5%. It is the lowest unemployment rate in any large metro area in the whole entire United States. When I heard that stat last week, I was like, holy crap, that just kind of blew my mind. I know that Minnesota always is pretty low with unemployment, but the fact that we're at the top of the country in in what's considered a large metro area is pretty crazy. Um, It's one of the tightest labor markets that we've ever seen. Households right now are worth about six times the national GDP. Love that number. Um, And people on, on, as a whole are spending far less of their income for a house than they were in other decades and other eras. So another real estate expert that I love following um, sat down and had a conversation with a guy who worked for the Fed for 20 years. Uh, I thought, okay, if someone's worked for the Fed for 20 years, this guy has all the great info. So what's happening is inflation is going up. But pricing is still going up, but the sales volume overall that we're going to see in real estate is probably going to go down. Um, Consumer confidence is down right now in the U.S., and you're feeling the pinch and the rise of all the prices going up on literally everything. Um, So consumer confidence is down. A lot of people in the United States right now don't feel as rich as they did last year. Their stocks have taken a hit. Um, at the price of everything that they consume, gas, coffee, toilet paper, rent, like all of those things keep going up. And so a lot of people have money right now, but they're just a little bit cautious on where they're going to spend it. And they're not sure that they want to spend it. So I think what overall, what we're going to see this, um, now through the end of the year is we're going to see inventory ticking up a little bit. So like home inventory, meaning homes that are for sale, but overall sales volume is probably going to be down. So here's what our buyers and sellers need to know in this market. Let's start with buyers. 
Um, I know our team in particular has seen a handful of buyers that are just sort of, not that they're totally out of the game, but they're, they're not as rearing to go as they were maybe, um, six to eight weeks, weeks ago. And what we've had to do is reach out to all of our buyers and make sure that they have circled back with their lenders. Um, a lot of our buyers work with our kind of preferred lender that we love working with. And so he's doing a great job of reaching out and saying, Hey, let's just make sure that your pre-approval letter is up to date. Um, so a lot of people's buying power has changed, meaning if someone was approved to buy a $500,000 house, maybe now in order to keep their payment in a comfort zone, a lot, okay, let's be honest, a lot of people can afford a lot more house than what they're comfortable spending. So a lot of times our lender will, when they're meeting with, when he's meeting with a new buyer, he will, not everyone knows like exactly what that monthly payment translates to in a dollar amount. So he'll say, what's that number that you feel comfortable spending for a house payment? And then take the, um, the scenario from there. So, you know, let's just, you know, someone says, Hey, I want to buy a two and I want to buy a house and I don't want my payment to be over 200,000. Well, there's a lot of factors that go into it. Things like your interest rate, um, depending on where you buy a home, your taxes are going to be different than maybe buying a home in a different part of the Twin Cities. Um, if you're buying a town home versus a single family home, you're going to have to take in, into consideration that there is a homeowners association. So there's all these different factors. But a lot of times people say, yeah, this is what I want to keep my payment at. So what he's doing for a lot of people is that even though they, they can afford a lot more, um, a lot of buyers just don't want to extend themselves fully, which is a really smart game plan. I think that's a lot of what caused people to have problems back in um, before the market crash in 07 and 08 is that they were buying beyond their means and even pushing it further than their means using stated loans and no asset, no income verification type loans. And so people were like, oh yeah, I can totally afford a $4,000 a month mortgage. And then come to find out, you know, you lose your job and all of a sudden, you, you know, that was barely sustainable when you had a job and then you have job insecurity and you can't make your payment and then the bank takes your house. So I really love how cautious buyers are being right now. And so um, Jason, our lender is just going through having those conversations and saying, okay, let's really re reevaluate this number. And a lot of our buyers are pulling back on what they're comfortable spending and it's great. It'll keep you in a better position to not stress out and have, an, have a payment in your life right now that doesn't change. It's predictable. You know exactly what to expect when you're budgeting. So if you don't know what the cost of toilet paper is going to be next month, at least you know exactly or how much gas is going to cost you to get to and from work and to do all the things that you need to do every, every day. You're going to know exactly what your housing costs are and that gives a lot of buyers peace of mind. So here's um, here's some things that buyers get to look forward to right now. So when a market starts shifting or normalizing like what we're seeing right now, buyers have less competition. So this spring when buyers were out shopping for homes, a lot of buyers got buyer fatigue. Buyer fatigue is when you're writing offer after offer. You're competing against 15, 20 other offers. Um, we had a house here in the Twin Cities that had over 100 offers. And the listing agents took a lot of heat for that. A lot of other agents in the Twin Cities said, well, you didn't price this home right. And the agent said, we provided all of the information to our seller and our seller chose the sales price. 
that's technically what you're supposed to be doing. And so they did that. And the sales price was really a lot lower than it should have been and was lower than what the listing agents even recommended. And the seller said, no, I want I want this house to sell quickly. Uh, I, you know, I don't want it to be around like in a month. I want this house off my plate. And it, it got over a hundred offers, but think about the other you know, 99 offers that didn't get chosen. If you're doing that a number of times, buyers can really start to get weary and just think, ah, you know, maybe this, maybe we should just set this one out. So there have been some buyers sitting on the sidelines. So now really, if you're a buyer and you're in the marketplace and you really still want to buy a home, now is a great time. Instead of competing against 20 offers, you're probably going to compete against two or three. And you, this buying is still a much better option than renting. You know, with the cost of inflation, rents are skyrocketing as well. You know, I had some buyers come to me and they said, when our lease renews, you know, the end of the summer, our landlord said our rent's going to go up $400 a month. I'm like, what? $400 a month? I'm like, what they were paying already in rent was enough to be a house payment on a home. Um, then all of a sudden you're going to jack that up $400 a month. It's, it's absolutely crazy. So another thing buyers keep asking me and the team is, is the market going to crash or like what happens when I buy a home and like, what if the value tanks? There's really nothing out there from any of the uh, mortgage and real estate economists that says the market's going to crash. But let's think even just like you know, a worst case scenario that isn't even really on the radar. So let's just say even the the market just stays flat and homes don't appreciate. Oh, let's just put this into context a little bit. So for the last few years, we've been seeing double digit appreciation in pretty much the entire country. In here in the Twin Cities, depending on where you live, you probably are seeing somewhere between like 10 and 15% appreciation. Some neighborhoods even saw more like 18%, like which is crazy. People are seeing 10 years worth of appreciation in the last couple of years, if that helps you put things into perspective. And what we're seeing is that the national average is going to go down to single digits again, and probably be somewhere like around 8% this year. But in the Twin Cities, our normal, normal average in a normal market is appreciation somewhere in three to 5%. So it's been insane. It's going to go back to being double what the normal number is. But let's just say as a worst case scenario, there's no appreciation this year or next year on your home. And you're like, I'm freaking out. Well, but think about it. Every month you're still paying your house payment, right? So every month that you're paying your house payment and maybe you bought a house that's a little bit of a fixer upper and you're doing projects on your home. So your home is naturally appreciating because you are paying down your mortgage every month. And so your mortgage bill is getting smaller and smaller and you're creating appreciation because you're doing upgrades to your home. So even if our market were to become completely flat, you're still getting appreciation just simply by living in your house and making your house payment every month. Another thing that we're seeing is the sales price versus the original list price ratio is going down. So, I mean, we've seen homes that you know, where a whole entire neighborhood, all the sales in the last six months have been somewhere around, you know, 105%, 106%, 115% of asking. So what we're going to see is that number is going to soften a little bit. And overall, a buyer is going to have to pay less for a home than what they were, they would have had to pay even like 90 days ago if they were out shopping for homes, which is super encouraging for buyers. Um, Rates are temporary. 
So a lot of buyers are really hyper-focused on interest rates right now. And I get it. If you were started looking at homes and interest rates were around 3% and now you're freaking out because they're creeping up towards 6%, I get it. You're probably you know, thinking that you missed the boat. That is not the case. You can always refinance your interest rate, but can you buy this same house today that you love? Could you buy that in a few years at the same price that it is today? If things keep going up, probably not. Uh, guess what? Buyers get to have home inspections again. You know, uh, we're we even even in multiple offers. Um, the big thing that buyers had to give up is they had to pay way over asking price for homes. They barely had the luxury of getting home inspections. They had to put in appraisal clauses. They had to do all these things and completely jump through hoops for sellers. But this is what is the great like silver lining when the market starts even making any changes like it has been the last few weeks is that buyers get to have inspections again. And I know um, the buyers that we're working with are super thrilled that they get to do that. And it just gives them extra peace of mind. And we're seeing more supply overall across the whole entire country. Um, Things like VA and FHA buyers. FHA and VA buyers have had a tough, tough road. So a VA buyer can get into a home for 100% and not put any money down. And an FHA buyer is typically a buyer that has a little bit of some, some banged up credit and their credit might not be as great as what a conventional buyer would have. And a lot of sellers just simply weren't looking at those types of loans when they got their multiple offers in. And that's not to say that they're bad loans because they're not. They're a really great tool to get people into homes, but it really was a big bummer for those buyers that wanted to buy. And they're like, well, you know, I'm a VA buyer. Seller said, you know, doesn't feel like my offer is strong. I'm offering way over asking and I'm still getting outbid time and time again. We had the super, super awesome pleasure on our team of working with a VA buyer and he's from a long line of vets. And what is more rewarding than giving your life and service and sacrifice for our country and then trying to buy a house and you can't find a house because you're using your VA loan? That just really sucks. And we recently had a VA buyer And the cool thing was, is that we found a great, great home for him and he's closing in a couple of weeks. I can't share all the specifics of it, but I can share that it's a great home that checked all of his boxes. Um, The price was actually under his budget and the listing agent and the seller said that they would love to work with a VA buyer. So I don't know if the sellers had some ties to, um, you know, people in the military, or if that was an important thing for their family, but how special our buyer didn't even have to compete. And his buyer in his offer was like happily accepted by the seller. And that just made all of us really super excited here on our team. Um, the other great thing that's happening right now for buyers is that buyers are getting to buy better homes. Let's be honest, the last 60 to 90 days, if you were in the market and you were out buying homes and you're getting outbid, outbid, chances are you're like, okay, just screw it. I'm just going to buy any house. And maybe the home you bought isn't really at all what you wanted, but you're like, I would rather have a home than continue to rent. Well, now buyers are getting to be a little bit more picky and say, okay, there's not quite as many offers. I don't have to panic quite as much. And I get shit to actually pick a better house than what I previously would have been able to get. 
So there's a lot of fabulous things happening right now in this market that really put the buyers at ease and give you more advantages again. I get it, buyers. <laughs> it's been really tough out there. And agents, if you're if you primarily work with buyers, you know buyers are they're tired. They're sick and tired of losing out. So there are some really awesome rays of hope that are are gonna be able to get buyers into homes this summer. And it's awesome. They say Amy said this, Amy from our team said this recently, and I'm like, I'm totally stealing that. She said, marry the home, date the rate. And that couldn't be more true. If you don't love your interest rate, just get into the home. You'll know exactly what your house payment is every month. And then the next time rates dip, you can go through and refinance. It's a super easy process. We'll put you in touch with the lender if you need to do that. Okay, sellers, let's not leave you out of this conversation. And agents, you're going to have to have some tough conversations with sellers. Sellers have been, let's just be honest, they've been a little bit greedy recently. um, And they've had the luxury of being able to be a little bit greedy. They didn't have to do a whole lot of work to get their homes prepped and put them on the market. They could pretty much ask for any price, especially if you're in a desirable um, area or a good school district. The sellers pretty much got to call the shots. But now, we as listing agents are going to have to have some tougher conversations with sellers. And you're going to really have to say, okay, it's going to probably take a little bit longer for your home to sell. You know, it, hopefully we're still going to see home selling relatively recently or relatively quickly, but you know, sellers have the expectation that their house might sell within a couple of days, maybe even a couple of hours. And they're like, well, I'm just going to go to Target for the afternoon. You're going to get my house sold, right? (laughs) Maybe, but um, you're going to have to do a lot of work to really prep your home and have it be super, super spotless and dialed in um, in order for that to happen. So we're somewhere near the peak and we don't know exactly what side of the peak we're on, but sellers need to just get a little bit more realistic. Um, Homes are need to be really spotless and ready to go. Uh, Agents, you can't just go in. I always joke and say agents are taking pictures with their flip phones, flip phones. So agents probably aren't doing that, but Agents, you probably can't go in and just snap a couple of photos with your phone and say, yeah, it's good enough. And the house isn't really ready to go, but eh, it's, you know, it's good enough. Gone are those days. We're going to have to have professional photography. Um, Homes are going to need to be staged, decluttered. The good homes are going to sell and the mediocre homes that are on the market are the ones that are going to be causing the good ones to sell even faster, which is it's. It's the glaring truth, unfortunately. Um, But the good thing for sellers is that sellers that were like, I'm thinking about selling, but I don't know where I'm going to go. And what if I'm homeless? And what if I can't find the home that I want to buy? Sellers are going to have the luxury again to be able to buy and sell simultaneously, which is really nice because it does become a little bit of a dog and pony show trying to figure out what comes first, like the cart, the horse, like how are we going to do this? and like be strategic with it. So the sellers are going to be able to have a little bit more flexibility with that, which is great on the sell side. Um, Some of the iBuyer programs might become more attractive and which means that you get an offer from um, one of the iBuyer companies and they basically just come in and make you an offer on your home. It's usually not market value, but it might be attractive to some sellers just to have certainty and know when they can sell their home and just to take a cash offer from one of the iBuyer programs. Um, 
me, uh, me as a listing agent and any of you other real estate friends that are listening, you're going to have to scrutinize your offers a lot better. Instead of just offers coming in and just being like, yeah, this one has a, the highest dollar price on it. You're going to have to look at these offers really, really carefully. Are there terms in it that would prevent the offer or would give you give the buyers an out if interest rates continue to do anything crazy? Like if interest rates went above, I don't know, let's just say like six percent or six and a half percent would it be a, would there be a window in the contract that would allow the buyer to get out you just want to make sure that you're buttoning the contract up as tight as you can to protect your seller and to keep the deal together things like your pre-approval letters if a buyer writes an offer on one of your listings and their pre-approval letter is dated for june 1st uh, yeah, I would be calling that lender and, or the listing or the buyer's agent and make sure that you're getting an updated pre-approval letter because chances are the number that that buyer was approved for in the beginning of June, they currently probably are not approved for. So things like that. Um, first impression is insanely important. And the other thing when, if you are a listing agent and you work with a lot of sellers is you didn't have to try really hard, let's be honest, to come up with numbers. You could just say, hey, seller, what you know? What would you like to sell your house for? And the seller usually threw out a number that they're like, yeah, I would love to get X amount of dollars for my home. And listing agents are like, sweet, I need another listing, so I'll just take it. Even though this price is a little bit overpriced, chances are I can sell it. And most of the time, those houses would sell, even in multiple offers. And you're like, you know, me as a listing agent, I'm like, holy crap, I just would have never thought this house would have sold for this number. And the houses are just selling nonstop at numbers that just have been blowing your mind. So now listing agents, and I'm talking to myself here too, we are going to really have to scrutinize the numbers a lot closer. You can't look at comps from six months ago. Can't look at comps from a year ago. You can barely look at comps from 90 days ago. You're going to want to be wanting to look at comps that are, you know, within weeks of when you're, you're, you're taking your listing, especially with everything that's been happening. And you might have to call the other listing agents on homes that are under contract and see if you can get any information out the, out of them as to like how many showings they had on their listings. How many offers did they have? Can can they give you any inkling as to what their sales final sales price is going to be? Just so you can go into your listing appointments armed with as much really, really, really accurate up-to-date information as humanly possible. Because if you are showing up with information from like 90 days ago, those numbers aren't going to be accurate and you're going to set your, yourself up for failure. It's going to set the wrong ex expectation with the seller. And the worst thing to have is a listing where you and the seller have a fallout because they don't trust that you actually know what you're doing. You say you're going to do something and sell their home in X amount of time and it's not happening. And then come to find out it's because the home wasn't priced right in the first place. And the sellers are looking to you, the professional as to what that price is going to be. It just, it doesn't lend to your credibility. So you're going to have to just be a lot more diligent with how you're pricing homes. If you're a newer agent and you really haven't seen a shifting market like what we're seeing right now, you're going to probably want to partner up with a more experienced agent in your office. Maybe it's, maybe this is where team concepts come into play is that teams that have been doing this for a lot longer than individual agents have, they just have more, 
more experience, more track record in the, in the business. And they can walk you through like, okay, in a shifting market, these are the things that we need to think about. These are how we need to prep our seller. This is the conversation that we need to have. And just to set the right expectation, because the goal at the end of the day is if the seller wants to sell, we want to sell. You don't want to be that starting. You don't want to be, the, you don't, you, that was a joke. You don't want to be the first wife. You don't want to be the first listing. So you don't want to be that listing where um, you have the house listed that's overpriced. It's been sitting. Seller gets frustrated. They still haven't mentally caught up with the fact that the market is shifting and the market is changing and homes aren't selling in a nanosecond when the seller's at target. Um, it's hard to deprogram the seller with that. And you don't want them to say, okay, well, you just didn't do the job. And then they fire you and then hire an agent that has more experience. And then that agent is able to tell them actually what's happening in the market. And then that agent prices the home correctly and sells it. And then you're out your marketing dollars. You don't get the commission. I don't want you to be in that position. So the moral of the story is nothing is crashing. Nothing is collapsing. We're seeing less appreciation, but we're not seeing anything decreasing at the moment. We're always here on this podcast going to be shooting it to you straight. We're always going to be giving you um, as much information as possible so you can be having intelligent conversations with your clients. And if you're a buyer or seller listening to this podcast, we want you to be able to reach out at any time to the team and team myself. I would love to sit and have a conversation with you and say, hey, here's here's what's really happening in the market. Here's what's really happening in your in the Twin Cities. Here's what's really happening in your specific neighborhood and give you all the information so you can make educated decisions and make decisions not from a place of panic and not from a place of scarcity, but from a place of having the knowledge, having all the information, and then being able to make your decision about whether it's a good time for you to sell or buy. And I think overall what we're going to be seeing um, across the country is that people are always going to have to buy and sell homes. That's just the reality of it. People are going to be upsizing. You know, the more babies you have, chances are you're going to be busting at the seams and need a bigger home. People are always going to be downsizing. Um, life changes. You know, there's divorces, there's marriages, kids leaving for college, um, people getting transferred for jobs. You just never know. But it doesn't matter really what the market is doing. There's always going to be those people that need to buy and sell. And you need to be the best agent out there so you can serve those people. You can be in the right place at the right time. You can be the person that is providing education over drama and, you know, all the doom and gloom that the news would like to have you believe. And you be the show up as that agent that is really full of great information, that is encouraging, that shows up as the expert. So you're the person that the client hires. So I hope you leave this episode saying, okay, man, I feel a little bit better about what's happening. Don't be that person that creates all the extra drama. Be really mindful of what you're putting out on social media about like really just be come from education. Don't play into people's fears because that's just really a yucky way to market. Come from education, come from a place of caring, come from a place of please reach out. Let's have a conversation. If you've got a bunch of buyers and sellers in the pipeline and you haven't heard from them in a while, now is a great time to reach out and have some touches and 
care points with them and saying, hey, here's what we're actually seeing right now. Let me know if you'd like to get back out there. We're seeing more inventory. I've seen a couple of homes that I think would be a great fit for you. What are your thoughts? Um, so now more than ever, don't, don't be inactive. Jump back in there touch points with your clients, reach out. They want to they want to hear from you because they're probably freaking out and they need to know that you know what you're doing. You know how to talk them off the ledge and give them the information they need so then they can make a great decision for their real estate future. So reach out if you ever have questions. We would love to have a conversation with you and help you with talking points for your clients. Or if you're a buyer or seller and you're thinking about selling a home or buying a home this year, we would love to help you do that as well. So until next time, bus bench babes, keep your face off a of bus bench and keep being a badass boss babe that you are. Okay, girls, are you feeling as inspired as we are? We're over here cheering you on because you just finished another episode of the Girl Get Your Face Off a of Bus Bench podcast. If you want more, head over to girlgetyourfaceoffabusbench.com for show notes and more episodes. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. They mean the world to us and they're what keep us going. Girl, thanks for being here.